2: Hey everybody, welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. I'm Dan Lobby. I'm Mary Kay Cabot. And I'm
0: Scott Katzko. And we are back
2: under our tent in the parking lot, so you will hear the traffic behind us a little bit. No toilet truck today, though, so that's good. Hopefully, (laughs) unless something weird happens. Uh, But we're going to do this the same way we've been doing it. Six topics. We're going to throw them out. We haven't uh, pre-discussed or anything, but... We are going to keep them focused on the first preseason game. It's Thursday night against Washington. We're each going to pick out kind of... We're going to go roundtable style here and pick out a thing to watch and, and talk about it real quickly. So, Scott, your first step. Uh
0: I'm going to say kickers. Okay. <laughs> we're always going to be watching the kickers. I mean, yeah, you could talk about... We're going to get to right guard, I'm sure. But um, kicking-wise, I think this is the first time we're actually going to see them truly under pressure game type situation they've tried to simulate that here in practice they tried to do it at the Orange and Brown scrimmage um, you know but it, it's not going to be like it is with a, in a game you're, you're not getting the same rush and which is kind of frightening because they've struggled even without any rush I think it was uh, last week uh, one of them it might have been Joseph got a, a a kick tipped at the line which I think Dan you pointed out almost never happens in practice um, I think Today was not a great day. I think Greg Joseph missed twice. Um, Seibert went four or five. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, they're going into this. I think both needing to prove something, and everybody, all eyes are going to be on them.
1: Yeah, I mean, geez, they've got these couple of games to prove that one of these guys should be the kicker. But by now, I think the Browns have to be thinking that they need to be scouring, you know, the waiver wire, at the street other teams rosters or whatever they can uh, to come up with a better kicking situation if they need to again you know you draft a guy in the fifth round you think he's supposed to make the team I wouldn't feel confident going into the season with him at this point but then Greg Joseph uh, came up a little short today so I don't know it was an issue last year they can't allow it to be won this year
2: yeah you can't these games really all matter this year you've got to have a kicker you can rely on greg joseph i'm curious to see you know his best day probably came on saturday might not be a coincidence that it was at first energy stadium i'm curious to see if get maybe getting back in that venue you know under the lights kind of refocuses him a little bit um you know the good news for him today is he did hit that field goal it was not pretty but he did hit a field goal at the end of practice, uh, at the end of a team drill on a fourth two-minute drill. Uh, again, it's not the kind of kick that anyone's going to put up on Twitter as a highlight or anything like that, but it snuck over. Um, it, we're we're going to see if anybody can take hold of this because, Mary Kay, you mentioned it, the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. That, that's if, if these guys don't take this job, the Browns will just pick somebody up the Sunday after 53-man rosters are set. They're they're going to try to find whatever kicker they can because they can't lose games uh, due to this kicking situation. God,
1: after Phil Dawson was here this week and felt the love from everybody, what if they just tried like heck to say, just give it one <laughs> more year? Oh, my gosh. I, I wonder if he would even kind of consider I highly doubt it. He retired, but... You know, stranger things have happened.
0: One of the things that Mike Prefer said when he talked to us uh, last week is that just because you win the job here doesn't mean you won the job. You know, Because, again, pointing out that there's going to be so many players available once cuts happen. Yep. So we'll see. All right, Mary Kay, topic number two.
1: Well, if he's going to play, I have to see what Odell Beckham Jr. is going to do in this (laughs) game. Uh, He and Baker have been coming along day by day. Uh, they're learning not only each other, but Odell is learning the offense, and the coaches are learning him. How does he like to get the ball? Where does he like to get the ball? What situations uh, does he feel most comfortable in? So he had a pretty good t- day today, uh, caught two touchdown passes in the red zone and then another long one in seven-on-sevens. But, um, yeah, it's you know it's still a work in progress, and we still need to see those guys be on the same page
2: all the time. Um I hope that even though that's one of your things to watch, that we don't get to see that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know that Baker and, and Odell still need to get on the same page a little bit. I know there's some timing issues. But as far as I'm concerned, I'm putting Odell Beckham on my list of guys that I just want to put in bubble wrap, and I want to get him to September. Obviously, injuries can happen anywhere. He could get hurt next week against Indianapolis when they, when they have those joint practices. But um, you're, you're really exposing a guy like that. You know, if he goes out there and he's facing some defensive back who's trying to make a 53-man roster, the reality is those guys are going to be playing at different speeds. Um, So for me, I I would love to see Odell Beckham and and see what he can do, but I also kind of hope that you just put him in bubble wrap and get him to September because we kind of know what Odell can do. And there's some things he's got to clean up here, but we know what he can do when he's on the field.
0: Yeah, I I think you're going to see a couple targets in that's probably it they're mm-hmm. going to try and hit him, i'm sure on a slant that'll let him run in space and you know he's not going to be going over the middle he's probably they're probably not going to try to to, to run something deep and, and and you know get a hamstring injury or mm-hmm. something like that that just something quick and easy to get the connection there to get the the, the rep in and call it a day. So
1: no punt returns, you don't think? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, just kidding. Okay.
2: No. All right. Topic number three. I'll stick with wide receivers though. So whether Odell plays or not, he's not going to play a lot. If he does play Jarvis is not going to play a lot. If he does play, you know, we can go down the list. Um, I want to see what a guy like Derek Willis can do here in a game setting. You know, I think right now still far away from that 53 man roster being said, I feel like his roster spot is fairly safe uh we'll see uh Jalen Strong I want to see what he can do I want to see what these guys now that we've been watching in practice and talking about on a lot of these podcasts about what they've done in practice I want to see what they can do now in a game against a live defense that can tackle them they can hit them when they come across the middle um let's see who kind of stands out in this setting
0: yeah and we're going to see a lot of those people you know uh over the over the course especially the next three games um We've seen people kind of jump out during practices, and, you know, this is where the, those, those, those positions are going to be won. We know who the top four are. Um, I think the coaching staff, and especially Freddie, have kind of been guarded against giving too much praise to those people. They just want to see everybody stacking days, and this will be a kind of a big one mm-hmm. to stack on top of what they're doing here in Berea
1: there's an opportunity here. There's a a chance for someone to step up and really kind of grab that third receiver role. It's sort of open in a way. Rashard Higgins started out with the ones. Now today he was working with the twos in part because he's working some in the slot and they need uh, to develop another slot receiver. So they're working other guys in the slot uh, to find out who that guy is going to be behind Jarvis Landry. Uh, But there's a chance here for somebody to step up and say, whenever you go to three wides, I'm going to be the guy that's out there with Odell and with Jarvis. Now, Derek Willis has been the guy lately. Richard had the opportunity early. Antonio Callaway hasn't really had much of an opportunity there at all yet, and he is the one guy that we thought would be <laughs> that guy heading into this camp, right? I mean, we thought yeah. he was going to be him, that person, and he hasn't seized the moment so I think that that is still uh, a very intriguing spot.
2: Who's gonna have their Jordan Payton moment? Remember that yeah. he had those two long touchdown catches from Deshaun Kaiser, he ended up not making the team, of course. But yeah. uh, you know, who's gonna have kind of their moment where people are gonna walk yep. away and say, "Huh, I want to know more about that guy." Yep. All right,
0: Scott, we're back to you. Well, let's go uh, the running game. You know, we practice is weird because you have very little tackling, and the Browns haven't really there haven't been a lot of running lanes. The running backs. I know that the defensive line often knows what's coming, but you know, it's been kind of a rare thing to see Nick Chubb busting through um, a a legit hole. You know, we've seen Dontrell Hillier do it a couple times, Uh, but to actually see what they can do against uh, uh, another defense and see just where they are as a running team because they didn't know. They didn't open up a ton of holes last year as a run blocking offensive line. The Browns weren't great. I know Nick Chubb, you know, almost had a thousand yards, but he uh, he got he didn't have a lot of yards before contact. A lot of it came after contact. Yeah. So how they do on Thursday kind of give us a, a bar of where they're at.
1: They're still so thin at the running back position right now with Kareem Hunt. Not practicing and Duke Johnson not practicing. I actually asked Nick Chubb yesterday, Are you getting a little too much work? I mean, this was day nine today yeah. in pads, and you know, is it are they working him a little bit too much before the season gets started? You want him to have fresh legs. I personally think that you know, he has been that he could stand to benefit from dialing it back a little bit, and I think in this game. They're going to have to run the heck out of Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to have to do that. He's going to have to to really work his tail off in the, especially, you know, the middle of the game, the second and, and third quarter.
2: Yeah, it, it'll be, um, you know, Nick Chubb is really fun to watch around the football, that one cut and go. Uh, but he did struggle last year against, you know, when they played Houston. I, I'm trying to remember what his numbers were in that game. They weren't great, if I recall correctly. I know against Baltimore. Even though he did go over 1,000 yards momentarily in that game, he struggled a little bit in that game as well. So, um, you know, we need to see what he can do consistently against good defenses. We're not going to see that, though, until the regular season. Um, I uh, would like to see how Dontrell Hilliard looks um, and, and some of these other guys down the depth chart again a little bit. This is an opportunity for them to show what they can do. And... You know, maybe they make Duke Johnson a little more expendable. I don't know any, if anybody's going to show that during the preseason, but um, it'll, it'll be fun to watch how this line and how these backs respond to real, real football. Uh, Mary Kay, number five.
1: I'm going to go with Sione Takitaki and Matt Wilson. Looking forward to seeing those guys, and I think we're going to see a ton of them uh, for a number of reasons. First of all, there's a, a number of, of guys that are injured, defensive guys that are injured, Uh, but again, I don't think they're going to play the starters a whole lot. I think you're going to see the second team defense a ton, and this is a chance for those guys to go out there in a real live tackling game situation and show what they can do. They've been very active out here. They've been very tough. They've been very gritty and and nasty, and Mack Wilson, every time I look up, he's picking off another pass. He had his third or fourth one today. I'm starting to lose count. Uh, but he's doing a really nice job in terms of having a nose for the football, and I do do believe there is such a thing to you know to just sort of be in the right place at the right time to be able to create those turnovers. So looking forward to seeing what those guys
2: can do. You and Joe Witt both believe that yeah. we Don't, do. Uh, yeah. So I asked Joe Witt about Sheldrick Red wine today, and he said uh, something about him. You know, he knows how to go get the football. And I said, well, you I mean, do you kind of believe that there's just guys in this league that just know how to go get the football? You know, Because some people believe yeah. it's just kind of luck or whatever. He's like, oh, yeah.
1: He believes that? Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. He believes that oh. the football, the way awesome. he said it is the football finds certain yes. players. And he went through a list. I football believe finds it. him. The football finds them. The football has been finding Mac Wilson. It has. A whole bunch over the last few days. And for all the talk Sione Takitaki got um, early in camp because of his physical play, Mac Wilson has probably been the better player of the two so far. Uh, that's nothing against talkie-talkie, but uh, Mac Wilson has really been solid, and he's really been a playmaker. He was talking about run fits yesterday, and how he's learning those. and I think in the, you know, the glimpses we get of that stuff, he's been good in the run game. Uh, I, you know, I think he's got a chance to really kind of start pushing some people if he has a strong preseason. Yeah, if
0: there's one thing this this defense needs, it's a, a linebacker who not can just cover, but also just. Get turnovers and, and make plays like that, uh, and he's been doing it. I think I think it has been three practices in a row mm-hmm. where he's had an interception, and and it's not just an interception. He's you know the three or four days ago he got it somersaulted back up and boom he's down the sideline. Today there was an out route that he jumped, he intercepted it, and and the, they were uh, defending the red zone at the time, mm-hmm. and he it was it was a pick six in, yeah. a, in a game. Nobody was catching him, so. Yep. You know, it's not just uh, getting the turnover. He's actually making something happen. And as far as Taki Taki goes, I think everybody just wants to see him let loose and, and hitting people mm-hmm. <laughs> for real who, <laughs> you know,
1: <laughs> yes,
0: who aren't his teammates, who aren't going to take an exception to it. Um, so, yeah, those two guys I think are, you're going to see a lot because you're right. You're not going to see yeah. uh, a lot of the defensive front line guys because they've been standing on the sideline here uh you know, doing stretches and, and riding bikes. So,
1: yeah, and even Kirksey and Showbert. I mean, if they get in there for, you know, a series or two, they're out of there. So, yeah. I think you're going to see a whole lot of, of Taki Taki
2: and Wilson. Um, all right, last topic. You guys left it right out there for me. I was saving it. I thought maybe Scott would take it because he mentioned it earlier. But I'll go ahead and, and back clean up here and uh, take this one off the tee. Right guard. Yeah, We got to see Woo-hoo! who's playing right guard. Is Eric Cush. Going to come away from this game having claimed the right guard spot for the most part, because now you're at the point where you want to start developing that chemistry. Have your five guys that you're going to play together for the for most, you know, hopefully the whole season. Um, is he going to claim that spot, and are we going to be walking away from Thursday night's game thinking what is going on with Austin Corbett? Because a few months ago it was okay. This is going to be Austin Corbett's job to lose, and now there's been some times when he hasn't even looked good going against second or third teamers so this is going to be a big night for that right guard position
0: So this is why I wonder how how much time the first team offense is really going to get because yes you don't want Baker and Odell and some of the uh, skill position players or really anybody out there too long to uh, heighten the potential of getting hurt but at the same time you have to figure out right guard and if the first team is only out there for you know eight snaps, nine snaps, a series, um, you're not going to find out a ton, you know, um, because you want to see what, uh, if if it is Kush or whoever it is, you want to see what they do in pass protection and also in running and the run game. And and I don't know if if one series or or even two is really going to give you a lot.
1: Well, you know, I find it interesting that, um, you know, John Dorsey drafted Austin Corbett very high, number 33 overall in 2018. But if James Campen, who he trusts implicitly with that offensive line, is telling him that Austin Corbett is not ready, yeah. that's somebody that John Dorsey will put a lot of stock into that. So if he says he's not ready, you know, if it were a different offensive line coach, you know, that, that John Dorsey maybe didn't feel that way about, we might be seeing Austin Corbett in there right now. like. Give the second round pick, number thirty-three over. I'll pick a chance, but if James Campen is saying no, then no is the right thing to do right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, if Austin Corbett can't do it, he can't do it, and if that means that you have to just sort of take your medicine on the fact that you picked this guy way too high, so it goes. Because it honestly, if you go out and this team goes ten and six, or eleven and five, or twelve and four, or whatever, nobody's gonna say. Yeah, they made the playoffs, but what about Austin Corbett? You've you got to put the best five guys out there. That's what John Dorsey always says. The goal is to put the best five guys out there. If you win football games, nobody's going to care that you missed on that one pick, especially because you're winning games because of the other four, the other three guys you picked in that top four group. Mm-hmm. Um, it, what, what's really going to be interesting is what it means for Corbett's future. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think he would get cut, but now you're looking at him as maybe your backup center, and we don't even know if he could do that because he yeah. uh, hasn't played center in, since... Last year was the first time he'd ever played center um, so, th- so things get a little dicey for Austin Corbett's future If he doesn't win that job
1: And the bar is set very high for the right guard spot Kevin Zeitler played very well last year He graded out very, very highly And he was a major reason, or a, a large part of the reason Why Baker Mayfield was only sacked five times in the last eight games I mean, that, that's a stunning number Yeah, Way by far lowest in the NFL over that amount of time. Mm -hmm. And he was a big part of that. That's an important spot, right guard. It's really, really vitally important. And, you know, at times, you know, a really strong right guard can make make your right tackle look better, too. Right. So, you know, you have to have a really solid guy there. And I think right now they're going for experience over anything else.
0: Makes me wonder if this is really just down to two players at this point. Because you have Eric Cush going in this week. You're going to have somebody else, maybe starting against the Colts, but yeah. you want to know who it is going into that third game if it's going to be the traditional dress rehearsal. Yeah, yeah. I, I do
2: think we're gonna, I think we're gonna come out of those two practices against the Colts and we're going to know who the right guard is. And yeah. I think maybe Thursday is going to start to lay the groundwork for that, but I think we'll really get some answers when we get to those joint practices um, against the Colts. I have
1: an extra point. Uh oh,
2: extra point.
1: <laughs> Baker Mayfield. There you go. Baker Mayfield. He's more vocal. He's taking more leadership role. I heard him yelling at referees today. I mean, he is all over the place. He's stopping and in, into the receiver room, talking to the receivers, telling them what he needs from them in that practice that day, getting up on the whiteboard, uh, you know, kind of taking control of things. And it's his offense now, right from the start. Will he play or will he not? I'm not really sure. Maybe he'll go in there and play a series. But even if he just plays one series, you know, just show us what you got. How are you going to spread the ball around all these different people? We need to see what's up with Baker Mayfield.
2: Even even if he doesn't play, all they have to do is put him up on the jumbotron, yeah. and that stadium will lose it. I Can mean, he chug
1: a beer during this game? This
2: he sh- maybe he should on the sideline. <laughs> I don't know. Just rip one open. Is there has there ever been a more like like if Baker Mayfield becomes the player that he seems like he's destined to be? I mean, it's going to be the, hes going to be the perfect Cleveland quarterback. With, oh my! He's gosh. got that giant chip on his shoulder. Yeah. He fights back. He chugs beers. Yep. He's—he's like—he's just everything that Browns fans, <laughs> everything we, Browns yeah. fans embrace. Basically, As the fans um, like to
1: say he gets us, yeah, right?
2: Yeah. his gets us meter is very, very yep. high. So absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll play some Phil, some Philly Collins for him. Yeah. And uh, they'll show him on the Jumbotron. But yeah, I mean, Scott Baker Mayfield is always going to be an attraction, whether he's dressed or not. Yeah, and,
0: you know, the other thing I've noticed about uh, practices is even when he's not getting his reps, he's very involved in, in the call. He's either listening to it through his helmet yeah. or he's right up there, kind of getting. Getting an understanding of what's going on. And I imagine he's probably gonna do that on Thursday. Yep. Instead of shotgunning beers on the sideline, he's probably going to be very involved <laughs> in in everything that's going on, you know, in the second quarter, third quarter, and all. You know. Can
2: I can I throw out one more can I throw out an extra point?
0: Can we go first? Sure. There's a flag on we the play.
2: Flag on the play, we're gonna redo the try. Uh, related to this, Drew Stanton. Yeah. Yes. Are we gonna get an extended look at Drew Stanton oh, on, yeah. on Thursday? Because he didn't play at all in the preseason last year, I don't think. Yeah. Um he was not. He didn't dress for a lot of games last year because he was the third stringer. He's the second stringer now. Do they need to get a look at him, or are they going to say, we don't need a look at Drew Stanton, we know what he can do. Let's give Garrett Gilbert and David Blau all the reps. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see if we get an extended look at Drew Stanton to maybe get a feel for what he could do.
1: I don't think they will overextend Drew Stanton in this game and play him a ton? I don't think so. I think he's going to get in and out of there as well. I think you're going to see a lot of Garrett Gilbert and Blau in this game. I just don't think that they can risk getting their backup quarterback hurt. I mean, he can be a very important part of this season depending on what happens. I I wouldn't risk it very much.
0: I think we heard Freddie tell horror stories today about uh, his time in Arizona when they only had two quarterbacks uh, (laughs) active and and the injuries that, that popped up and I we've seen that with the Browns, you know, signing guys midweek and then they go into the game and you know, there's a chance they could be on the field. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think having Stanton sit and finding out exactly what you have, especially in Garrett Gilbert, and trying to figure out is he the guy you want to be as your third, as your third string quarterback? You know, that he, everybody knows what, you know they know what they have in Stan. They know what they want from Stanton. Right. Um, Garrett Gilbert's still a little bit of an unknown, although Freddie's said he's, you know, had a good camp up to this point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think fans are going to get a heavy dose of Gilbert.
1: Now, are the Indians in town or out of town?
0: That's a great question. On
1: Thursday night. Because shouldn't Francisco Lindor come to the Browns game?
0: <laughs> Rip and open a bite, beer open with his teeth? open a beer tea? can and yep. shotgun it? While wearing a Baker While Mayfield jersey? While wearing a jersey? Baker
1: Mayfield jersey.
0: I think so. I think that's the protocol here.
1: I think that would be great. <laughs> They're probably out of town.
2: The Indians are in Minnesota. Oh. Uh, well, well, he could still film it in a hotel room, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah.
1: let's do this
2: alright that'll do it for this edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast the Browns play Washington on Thursday night they open their preseason for Scott and Mary Kay I am Dan thanks for listening everybody